Hello and thank you for listening to this Youth Mental Health Podcast with the Northern Trust. My name is James Nelson. I'm a psychiatrist in the Trust. I'm very pleased to be joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Deirdre Meehan. Deirdre, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, James. I'm Deirdre Meehan. I'm a child and adolescent psychotherapist working in CAMS in Northern Trust and also in Beechcroft Adolescent Inpatient Unit. Thanks very much, uh, Deirdre, for joining us. It's always a pleasure to to chat. And the title of our podcast today is Play is Serious Business. And we're going to be talking about the role of play and the importance of play. And just to start off with, I thought I would be a little bit provocative and ask you, why on earth are we talking about play when we're talking about youth mental health? Because someone might think we've put this podcast in the wrong place and we should really be talking about you know, important mental health concerns. Why on earth are they talking about play? And I'm asking that slightly because I know you've completed a doctorate in play. So what's that all about, Deirdre? Why on earth are we talking about play? Okay, yeah. So play, the reason play is serious business, and it is a quote from Winnicott, who was a pediatrician who worked a lot with mothers and babies and observed, I suppose, what, what babies need and what how mothers interact naturally with babies. And naturally, they interact in a playful way and really was highlighting the fact that there, the function of play, there are so many functions, you know, which is about, you know, as well as attachment and bonding and it being enjoyable, the child needs and we all need, you know, to have an imagination to be able to, you know, think about the future, think about the present, think about the past, plan things, you know, all of the things that we take for granted in a way when we're mature adults, the precursor, the, the early beginnings of that began when, you know, when the baby was born and mother playfully called the child and and father into psychological being through interacting in playful ways so as well as you know nappy changing and feeding and doing all the 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 tasks that that a baby needs and attending and caring for the baby and all of that play is absolutely critical to the growth of self to the child's exploration of who they are the experience of who they are being enjoyed and the mother, you know, being interested in her baby and in what her baby's, you know, preoccupations are, wonderings are, the mother wondering about what the baby might be looking at, for example. So, so mother follows baby's gaze, you know, because the baby is exploring with their eyes, with their bodies, you know, what's happening in the world, how to make sense of the world, how to make sense of relationships, you know, that sensory experience. The mother gathers all that up and elaborates upon that and contains all of that, mainly through play. And, you know, things like in the very early stages, you know, making faces, you know, having a playful tone, you know, there's this kind of sense of a mother's way or a parent's way that that a, that a mother, you know, will and a father will, will communicate with their baby, you know, in these kind of rhythmic sing songy kind of, of way, you know, nursery rhymes, singing round and round the garden, you know, the tickling games, you know, the, the, the sticking out the tongue game and the baby imitating that and learning in the very, very early stage of, of relating. And that's about being with and crucially about enjoying being with the baby and enjoying being with the baby 
is is registered and experienced by the baby as being enjoyable which obviously then leads to confidence self-esteem i'm lovable you know i'm i'm i've got a place in the world i belong i mean there is so much involved in terms of the very early stages and how that then develops and how you help with that is is very important yes dear so i think you're saying that being played with and interacting with a parent is is very crucial i mean you, you were talking about it being like we're calling the the child into into being and developing so i think we're talking about really core stuff this isn't something peripheral that's just you know it's a good add-on for a child maybe even especially a younger child and even children in early months being interacted with is powerful in the building blocks of who they'll become am i am i, am I overstating that or, or? No, absolutely. I think that the sense of the baby comes into the person, the human baby comes into psychological being through the interested interaction, the interested mind of the other. So so the, the mother, the, the father, the carer is getting to know his or her baby really through through play and through that kind of spontaneous you know, enjoyment, you know, making up even games and, and nursery rhymes and, you know, that, that whole sense of, of having an experience of being playful and enjoying play. So, so the, the child gets an experience that I'm enjoyable to be with. I'm good company to be with. Mummy and daddy find me, you know, find me interesting. And I suppose that, that then develops more into when you think about how the child then when they're around two, you know, they, they come, you know, they're the center of the universe, you know, I'm the king of the castle and they come in and, and that's really, really important that, that they're admired. Oh, here he is, or here she is. And look at her, you know, she's showing off or he's showing off his shoes or showing off his power and potency, maybe starting to get really mobile. And, you know, the, the playfulness of engaging with that, oh, look how powerful you are. You know, you're a superhero or you're a fairy or you're the queen or, you know, all of that is so important. And yet, Deirdre, there are some people who might say, oh, you don't want your child to be proud. So I know this is going off yes. a little bit of a tangent, but, you know, I'm two. I'm the king of the world. Look at me. I'm simply the best. Now, yeah. I suppose many of us would go, yes, you are. That's wonderful. Isn't it great? Um, and I think you're going to tell us that's the right thing to say. Yes. But there might just be one or two people listening to this going, well, I don't want them to be full of themselves. Exactly. So, so how do we how do we get around that or how do we think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's very interesting. And I think maybe in our culture as well, there's that sense of, you know, oh, we don't want them to show off or oh, they're showing off. So mm -hmm. we need to curb that, you know, yes. really curb that because they're going to get full of themselves. And and it's a bit like in, you know, many years ago, and I hope it's it's many years ago, you know, where, where the idea of you can spoil a baby happens you know you don't lift the baby when they're crying because they have to get used to being able to self-soothe well that's all been disregarded now because actually a child crying is communicating a need and they're being held and lifted all the time and as often as the child needs actually installs in the child a sense of security and reliability that eventually actually they can self-soothe so they can't learn to self-soothe 
on their own they they need that constant you know and it's it's very labor intensive in the early days but if you put the work in if you actually do lift them every time and and respond to that being a communication actually they they develop the ability and and you know they're going to be less clingy later on they're going to be less demanding because they've got you installed the constancy of your willingness to pick them up and say oh I wonder what it is and and be willing to not know what it might be you know are you hungry or you just want my company do you want me to sing to you have you got a wee sore tummy you know are you just at odds with yourself you know whatever it happens to be and the mum and dad trying to find out it's the same with play you know the more you can go oh look at you your shoes are so magical and you're the king of the castle and I'm the dirty rascal and you allow yourself because what they're doing is saying you know I'm I'm imagining what I could, could be and actually if they can imagine in this kind of you know showy offy way you know that comes naturally to children mm-hmm. they learn through developing social skills which also is a major function of play they learn through social skills negotiating turn taking that actually they're not the king of the castle that there are other people <laughs> in the class that they have to consider and actually have to compromise and actually have to turn take and wait their turn and all the rest of it but they learn that through the process of engaging with others and not children are not, and it's the same with, with kind of, you know, being polite and say thank you and say please and all that. Children learn themselves and obviously you have to help them up to a point. But if you insist on that or say sorry because you've hurt somebody or there, children will naturally develop a morality. They'll naturally develop good manners. You know, they'll naturally develop the ability to, to compromise and negotiate and turn to if they're played with actually and i know that seems counterintuitive oh we don't want them to be show-offs but actually the ones unfortunately who develop you know who who maybe do show off or you know they're it's more it's about insecurity you know you Mm. don't have to show off about something that you feel secure about actually you, you know why would you have to show off about it so if you can really affirm a child you know, when they're two and they're naturally, oh, look at me, I'm just great. And, you know, they just go, yes, you are great. They discover, well, I am great, but there's other people maybe better than I am at certain things or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm good at that. They get a realistic perspective on on who they are and crucially where they fit in in the world beyond their family. And it sounds like um, there's something particular about playfulness and mm. playing with a child, maybe especially a younger child, that really helps them develop relationally. I think you're saying that sense of enjoyment, that sense of interaction, that sense of learning how to back and forth with someone and 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 be in, be someone of interest to somebody else. So yeah, yeah there's something particular yeah. about play as opposed to just doing boring day to day things like whether that's homework or house things or or something. There's something yeah. particular about play. Would you say? I think so. I think the crucial thing in what you're saying is that if the child experiences the sense in which they are of interest to their mom or their dad or their grannies or whatever, their aunties, that that what I'm doing is interesting to my mom or my dad, then, then that experience gives them a real sense of confidence, genuine confidence, not cocky confidence or show-offy confidence, which isn't real confidence. I mean, a genuine sense that that they have of, of being, you know, well-rounded, 
you know, well, good esteem, that they're, they're confident and they're stable and they, you know, enjoy life. And, and that leads to naturally leads to the ability then to think about the other. If you're thought about uh, as a child and, and your parent is interested in you, that becomes installed as an experience inside. And I think about it as a kind of scaffold so that I'm, I'm of interest to others it's the same as you know being loved actually is allows you the, then to have the capacity to love so if you're if you're got the experience of being interested in by your parents well you're going to be interested in other people and you're going to be interested in cooperating with I'm talking about the three and four and five and six year old you're going to be interested in you know in other people and cooperating with them and turn taking and building a you know, a whole game around role playing and testing out, you know, what, what you're good at and your skills. And, you know, children, older children love to engage in role play and imagining. And, you know, they're testing out their potency, their power, their skills, where they belong, who they are, who they are in relation to their family, who they are in relation to their peers. And then that leads to play in adolescence, which is a different kind of playing around with their peers, playing around with identity. So, everything even you know we might say adults don't play well they do we do we imagine you know we we play with words we play with humor as a form of play and you know if if you can kind of engage in that right from the beginning and have that you know playful quality that sense of enjoying being with the other you know and genuinely enjoying it then you know your child will will develop that inner security mm -hmm. that inner scaffolding and naturally cooperate and be part of a team later on you know and that starts early and and really mm -hmm. early even with the basic things like sticking out your tongue games and yeah. raising your your eyebrow games yes um i think deirdre you you're also keen to spend a little bit of time thinking about play as a communication so that it it's not just something good to do and vital to do but actually, it can be full of information about what a child or young person is going through or experiencing or, or being challenged by. Do you want to say a bit more about that? So, yeah, I mean, play is very much a communication um, from children about what is happening in their inner world. So they're both grappling with and exploring and experimenting through the play equipment, through their imagination, develop you know crucial developmental processes about where you know who they are, where they belong in the world, you know what their interests are, what their interests could be. It's all about experimenting, but in in their grappling with that and in their processing of all of that and expressing it, they're communicating to you to anyone around them when they're playing what it is your inner preoccupations are, what it is they're interested in, what it is, you know, they're, they're, that they could be in terms of, of you know, the, the, for the future, you know, who they are, and they're communicating their worries, you know, something that maybe they're grappling with, that, that you know, some inner conflict, maybe something has happened to them, you know, that they're confused about, and they're trying to work that out through the play, and they're also communicating to you through that play and i think deirdre i know that you're going to tell us it, the communication isn't basic and simple it's not like mm. a communication a subtle communication of i like playing with cars and mm. uh, i like it when one car is faster than the other or something like that i think actually you're saying 
um, there can be very powerful things unfold in the play if only we 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 take the time to notice it. I suppose. Absolutely, I I think it's about taking the time to notice. Is about believing that play is serious business in a way that play is, you know, has a very important function in helping the child move through the developmental phases and stages, coming to terms with getting to know who they are, coming to terms with all the struggles that that they have to undergo, like, you know, beginnings and endings, separation and loss. You know, if you think about the peekaboo game, you know, is is all about discovering who am I, who are you, beginnings and endings, peekaboo, here I am, here you are, you know, I'm not here now, you're not here, you know, you're playing around with what can be seen when you, you know, when you're there, when you're not there, you know, the object constancy, you know, that, you know, can, can the child retain an image of you, an experience of you in their mind when you're not there. That's something that they, you know, they have to grapple with and learn about. And that comes from the security of knowing and the reliability, actually, of knowing that you are there, that you are interested in them, that you do hold them in mind, that you do think about them. And that happens not just in the ordinary course of of tasks that need to be done every day, washing and cleaning and looking after your child and, and all of that. It comes more importantly through the play. And I think, you know, maybe parents think, oh, it's child's play. You know, that's what children do. And that's, of course, is what children do. But if you get if you tune in to the purpose and function of play, that it's just so important, you know, in, in terms of, of what the child is communicating about them and, and you know, what their interests are. And of course, you know, if, if a child is troubled, I mean, the children that we see, you know, in CAMS who, you know, are, are maybe things have happened to them. Maybe there's been issues or trauma in the family, maybe loss, you know, difficulties that have happened. Play is is a major um, medium through which children, you know, and, and especially young children who play with with equipment, you know, the older child might play around with ide- ideas and words and humor and, you know, maybe board games or whatever. And you can find out a lot about what they're thinking through that. But children in terms of play materials will communicate, you know, their play. So, for example, you know, lots of examples of, you know, children who come in, maybe who have, you know, m- maybe problems with attend, you know, being able to concentrate, being able to attend to, to, to being able to play itself, you know, and one child, you know, a seven year old um, comes to mind who, you know, come into the room like a whirlwind, you know, and he would, you know, I would have maybe a, 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 a cookery corner and, the, uh, you know, a, a, a house, you know, a playhouse to play with furniture and and little you know play people and lots of and soft toys and a blanket and you know a little settee and and you know to let a child sort of see what what grabs their interest about that and he would maybe lift something set it down go into his box where i would have different materials and he'd you know lift that something out of there so he would have an interest for about a second on a particular play you know material or play item and then throw it down didn't know what what to do with it and and i I simply kind of remained still and and calm rather than try to get him to focus and get him to sit still i kind of talked, you know rhythmically kind of talked about what it is he was doing oh there's you know there's the doll oh now the doll's gone oh you're interested in the in the doll's house and then he moves away oh here's the play you know so i would narrate 
what it was that he moved to and eventually actually that had because I was narrating it showing him that I was interested even if it was only for a momentary you know for a second that 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 he lifted something he was showing a momentary interest and and that became elaborated you know so he would lie down on the settee you know the child settee for a second and then jump up again and then the next time he'd lie down and put the blanket over him and jump up again and at one point he lay down and put the blanket over and put pulled the blanket down and in that moment i grabbed the opportunity spontaneously to go peekaboo and he he was really you know surprised at that it was the first kind of playful interaction and that became a game a peekaboo game which was exploring who are you who am i here you are now you're gone you know that rhythm of beginnings and endings then developed into turn taking so he would you know throw the ball i would catch it i would throw it back he would catch it and he was starting to get good at it because at first he dropped the ball and you know that potency again you know that sense of i'm really good at this and I would, you know, obviously affirm that you're so good at that, you know, that sort of sense of of potency. And, and that developed into him starting to cook me dinners from the cookery corner or what would you like? Oh, and I'd say, oh, what's on the menu? Oh, you can have pizza, you can have shit. This is a kid who couldn't, you know, concentrate or attend to or play in any shape or form. And months later, you know, he was cooking me a dinner and giving me a menu. And I would say, oh, shepherd's pie, that would be lovely. And he would make me shepherd's pie and bring over the, the dish and set it in front of me. And I would pretend to eat it. And then he'd get something he would pretend. And so we got into this whole play that, and he was so much more settled and started playing much more purposefully than with the toys in his box. You know, putting the Lego together, playing with the Play-Doh, you, you know, developing his imagination and became much more settled so that when we were just simply playing together, you know, then we knew that that actually that was that was the, the end of the work because he was, you know, being able to play and feeling good about himself. And, you know, obviously his mum started to notice that and bringing mum in then and sh- sort of showing her how important the play was and mm. being able to narrate and, and watch him play gathered him up and contained both of them. And she could see the, the importance of that. So it is very, very powerful play for all sorts of reasons and in terms of the communication of what actually unfolds in that play i don't know if you want to say more about that example i know, I know there was another example you were wanting to mention today deirdre where, where some things unfolded in play that really described actually someone's feelings quite powerfully and yeah and that could be a good reminder to all of us that there, there's there's information being communicated within the play if we're yeah if we're observant to it. Yeah, I mean, I think thinking about, before I go on to that example and of other examples, but you know, that what that child was communicating was, I'm overwhelmed. Mm. I can't concentrate on anything. I'm very anxious. I'm on the move. It's the only way I know to to manage in the world because if I sit down and, and concentrate on anything, I just get so completely overwhelmed. So he was communicating a sense in which his inner world was like a whirlwind mm. and and that's what i was picking up so so that's that was his communication and then the communication of his need to to have an interested other you know pe- playing peekaboo but some other forms of communication can be very direct so play you know so for example you know a, a preschool child came along you know because 
her 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 mother his his mother was you know saying that all he would do was scream at certain times you know she knew that something had happened some some harm had come to him you know in another setting that she wanted to try and get to the bottom of but you know couldn't you know the child couldn't put into words what was happening but through the play children can often show you through the play what has happened or what they're worried about so in that example so the, the child while I was talking with the mother I'm always listening and watching you know the the play of of the young person or the child because it's always really you know informative about what they're doing so I've kind of listening to the mother and watching the play at the same time and this child got on the phone you know the play phone was going mommy mommy quickly quickly you've got to come you've got to come mommy quick quick and mummy thought that was just her playing. She's just playing. Yes, yes, I'll be there in a minute. I'm just talking to Deirdre here. I'll be there. I'll, I'll, I'll come and I'll, I'll play with you in a minute. And I said, Oh, but, oh, but she's telling us something. So I got kind of into the, into the play. You know, I wonder what it is. Oh, oh, what, what's happening? And then, and when as I then got into that, the child said, Oh, but mummy, I'm frightened. I'm frightened. They're coming. They're coming. Mummy, mummy, I'm frightened. And I said, Oh, she's trying to tell us something. And mummy then knew by my, how I was engaging with her child in the play that actually she was trying to communicate. And what happened then and what evolved over time was the child was able to put into words. And the mum was obviously very upset, but we got to it. And, you know, and, but it was through the play that, that we actually got to it. So that's another, you know, it's a really important, you know, way in which if we listen we, we can really hear what it is that's going on, either something specific or something developmentally that the child is, is grappling with. Thanks, Deirdre. Those examples are very helpful and very powerful. I'm tr- trying to summarize those. The, the, the first one, it seemed almost like it, it wasn't into necessarily the great detail of how the child was playing, you know, the whirlwind. It was kind of more taking a step back going, he's, he's, he's unsettled, he's overwhelmed, and and there was information to be had right from the the zoomed out view, um, and then I think in that very powerful second example, in a more trouble troubling way, almost in the detail of what the person was saying, what the child was saying, there was actually quite powerful themes that she was trying to communicate. So I think I think that's helpful having the sort of zoomed out view and and in, in the detail of it, there could be quite powerful communication. Yeah, I mean, I think I think also, you know, I mean, other examples as well is in relation to, say, a, another boy, actually, a, an eight year old who was, you know, had attachment difficulties. And, you know, I worked with the mother and child, you know, the mother had her own difficulties, which, you know, eventually she was able to get help with. And and the child, I mean, a very powerful example of, you know, the, the child, what he did was put a little a little toy figure, a little boy figure from the doll's house into a plastic cup and put layers and layers and layers of sellotape over it. And, you know, I had I, I work with the mother and the child. And that was just one example of many ways in which he, he played. And, you know, the, I mean, somebody looking at that would think, oh, well, he's just playing. You know, he's just that's that's his thing. That's what he's doing. But actually, if you looked at the meaning of it and, you know, thinking about their relationship and helping the mother think about their relationship and him, actually what he was communicating was, you know, a feeling of being trapped 
you know, because he, he worried so much about his mother and his mother, you know, did have mental health problems and was hospitalized and he would worry and worry and worry. But it meant that his own development was was being held back because he was so worried about his mother. He wasn't free enough. And, and play is about having that sense of space and that sense of freedom within to explore and experiment that actually he was feeling really trapped. And without, again, we talked last time in the other podcast about parental guilt, you know, the sense of, you know, being able to help the mother in that situation, you know, to transform her guilt about the feeling that her, her son was trapped into a sorrow you know, that, that, that her son is trapped and, and his plight. And once we were able to get to that and get to her sorrow and through the play, through, you know, more powerfully being represented in what the child was conveying through his use of the materials was really, really powerful. So, so I think if you can, you know, really listen through, you know, really trust that the, the, the play is telling you something very important about what the child's inner interests concerns worries and disturbances might be mm. yeah. then you know it's you know it's really important information uh, we've talked about a lot so far Deirdre I think at, at the outset you were um, elaborating on how important play is really fundamental right from a very early age and then we've talked about play being communication that there can be very important things and themes drawn out of it and the importance of observing it. And so I'm wondering if a parent or carer is listening to this and they're thinking, right, maybe even they're feeling a little bit guilty for having overlooked things a lot and ignored play. Um, have we any practical tips? How, how, how do you play with a child the best yeah. way? I know that sounds yeah. like a ridiculous question, but but help us with that. Any tips? Well, I, I mean, first of all, I think, you know, again, I would want to say, you know, Please try not to feel guilty about overlooking stuff because, they, they, you know, of course you're going to overlook, you know, the idea, the whole cultural idea of it's just play, which is why we kind of called it it's serious business, you know, so, you know, you can't be expected to know that play is serious business. So I think some of the things that, that I would say is, you know, if possible to to have a kind of certainly for a good part of the day or some part of the day is to have no TV on or, or, or radio or anything distracting, put phones down, put iPads, laptops, everything away. If you know, and I know that's really, really hard in modern day life because it's all around that, but play and imagination grows out of, you know, a neutral environment where neutral what I mean is neutral as in there's nothing you know little distraction and there's neutral toys you know simple simple toys to provide those simple toys and to sit with your child for a period of time and just watch what they do with the toys and and trust that the child will be able to engage with those toy neutral toy materials, not theme-based stuff or electronic or noisy toys, but ordinary, ordinary little toys, you know, like various, you know, little animals, you know, providing a range of stuff, you know, little figures, maybe dolls, furniture, you know, some cars, maybe, you know, some a bit of Lego, you know, stuff that, that and string and drawing materials. See what they do and just watch them. 
and and she, you know really watch them in a in an interested way not not just perfunctory not just sort of right I'll sit and watch them you know and watch how what what you know and you can gain so much understanding of what it is that that your child is interested in and and the really powerful thing is and you think well I'm just watching them play and it wouldn't you know it wouldn't be, make much difference if it was here or not here it's a makes a very very powerful dis, uh, difference which is why I want to emphasize that to be able to sit and watch your child the chi- even though the child is absorbed in the play and and you think well they're not really noticing that I'm here you know um, they do they absolutely it holds them contains them helps them focus helps them concentrate better and what the evidence for that is if the child is absorbed in play and you have a wee thought oh they're 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 preoccupied now I'll go and make a cup of tea or I'll go and you know put the washing on I'll use this opportunity to to do a task as soon as you get up and walk out there they walk out with you and you think but I thought you were playing you see, they, they, they are more able actually to play in a concentrated, contained and, and their imagination to grow from you being able to just sit with them. And what I would say is not just sit with them, but be interested and show interest, not, not you, know, go, you know, narrating all the way through, but narrating, oh, I see, you know, I see what you're doing. Oh, you, now you're now you're giving the baby a little hug. Oh now you're now you're playing with the you know with the the car toy the cars and you're you're seeing which one goes faster than the other. Oh the crocodile comes now. All oh, right, let's see what the crocodile is going to do. You know, not all, not narrating the whole thing, but every so often, let the child know that you're that you have observed their play. I mean, if you can believe, you know, it, it, there's a structured um, manual actually in the Tavistock which is a, a program called Watch Me Play. And what the suggestion there is to to set aside 20 minutes, and, and this has been kind of researched as well, you know, it's quite, it's evidence-based, that if, if you, you know, sit with your child for 20 minutes, notice what they're, what they're playing, you know, notice what they're doing, narrate that a little bit, let it be child-led. If the child wants you to, to do something or, or involve yourself with the play, you know, try to resist that for the 20 minutes, you know, let me see what you're going to do. But, you know, don't initiate, don't don't try to take over or lead the, the play. Let the child lead the play and use you at other times, you know, this is a manual for 20 minutes where the child, you know, you watch the child and you talk talk to the child about what they're doing and you show interest in the child. And what they find is that the child, who maybe does struggle a bit with play, elaborates on the play, develops their imagination, you know, sh- shows more interest in a wider um, themes so that, and they do that because of your interest. So that's what I would like to stress is your interest and genuine interest is key. That's really helpful. Um, lots of practical advice in there, Deirdre, about lack of distraction, some dedicated time, mm. um, noticing at times gently kind of narrating a, little, a, a bit about what's going on and, and, and letting the child kind of move it about where they want to take it and, and, and watching that. And, and, I, and I think there's something in here as well about 
the manner of how the parent does it that can be calming and regulating. Mm. So I don't know, do you want to elaborate on that a, a little bit more, Deirdre? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, it can be difficult, you know, maybe with a child who is, you know, maybe throwing things about or doesn't play nicely, you know, this sort of sense of now play nicely. And, you know, that I suppose it's about being able to, to tolerate and understand that, you know, that play is a communication. It's about working out something on the inside and it's about communicating that. And that if you're picking up on the communication by, by being as still and as accepting as you possibly can. You know, I know working in, in CAMS and, and children who come who maybe have, you know, have had ruptured backgrounds, you know, maybe very turbulent early history of trauma will will not play nicely you know will be maybe destroy their toys be you know throw things about and and you know it's difficult but if you can tolerate that rather than try to change it or rather than try to you know direct redirect it in a different way if you can tolerate that and think about the meaning of it that the child is communicating difficult feelings difficult thoughts conflicts that they can't manage the play and your interest in it and tolerance of it can have a really hugely containing effect. It's like me with the seven-year-old who was a whirlwind. You know, I didn't try to change that. I didn't try to, you know, impose regulation. I trusted that if I was still and, and tolerated it and was interested in him and thought about him, that that had a regulating containing effect in itself. And it did. It does at work every time. So I suppose it's 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 trying to tolerate if, you know, if the child, I mean, obviously, if they're throwing things about and it's going to break things or hurt things. But, you know, if they're throwing things about, you, you know, it may be that they're trying to test the robustness. So maybe parents might get a bit anxious, you know, you know, they're building something and then they wreck it. You know, they build this tower with blocks and then suddenly they kick it down. And you think, oh, no, don't do that. You've built this lovely tar blocks and now you're destroying it. No, you have to play nicely. You know, actually what the child is doing, it may be that the child is communicating something, you know, disturbing inside. But the, the child in an, ordinary, in an ordinary situation, you know, in an ordinary way is actually communicating and, and exploring how robust is my world? You know, how robust is it? You know, can I destroy this and repair it? So again, you know, when a child is asking quite the same question over and over again, parents can get kind of confused. But I've just answered your question about why the sky is blue. Now you're answering it. You know, you're asking me again. They're not so much interested in the answer. They're only interested in the consistency of your answer so that they can trust, you know, what is reliable and, and test out what, it, what isn't, you know. Thanks, Deirdre. Um, we've talked about a lot. Uh, I think you've definitely sold us on the notion that play is important. It's really, really important um, that it helps a child develop hugely fundamental indeed and that it's full of communication uh, and, and those helpful thoughts towards the end there about how to actually go about this or start to go about it more. Um, and I wonder if there's a parent or carer listening and they, they want to read a bit more about this or they, they want to learn more about it. Um, is there a resource you want to direct people towards? I think you mentioned something earlier there that the Tavistock had produced. Do you, do you want to say a wee bit more about that? Yeah, I think a very recent, very important and I think very helpful um, resource is a manual called Watch Me Play. 
and it, it has been produced by the Tavistock and Portman NHS Foundation Trust and that's, you know, e easily accessed and, you know, hopefully I, I can send you the link for that and, and, you know, you can make that available to people. It's it's really a structured program that explains in, in detail how you might help your child develop and grow in all the ways that I've described um through this through watch me play and how important play is and you know and some of the you know there's lots of frequently asked questions like i feel a bit silly narrating what my child's doing you know i feel you know sure you know what what would watch me watch them play do and it explains it in very accessible way you know and similar to what i'm saying you know that it's really important to be able to sit with your child and sitting being interested has a huge impact on your child. I mean, we all really benefit from someone, you know, the, the, the experience of, of someone else being interested in, in what it is that our inner preoccupations are has a very powerful containing effect on, on adults. So think about how that has a hugely containing effect on children, you know, and I suppose what they're saying what the manual is saying is taking that structured time. What I'm saying is take any opportunity <laughs> that, that to play, you know, don't make it a kind of 20 minute, um, you know, if, if but if, if you can do that, if you're stretched for time and it's hard to weave that in, then I think that structured program for 20 minutes, you know, twice a week or some children might need it every day could be very, very helpful. Great. Thanks, Deirdre. And yes, we'll we'll put the link for that uh, resource on the text of the podcast so people can access that. And thank you for your thoughts today, for, for um, your expertise uh, and for really getting us thinking as ever, Deirdre. I really appreciate that. And thank you too to you, our listeners. We'd be really glad to hear your feedback on this podcast. And we've embedded a short survey into the text of the podcast where you can uh, let us know your thoughts about it and perhaps suggest some titles you might like us to cover in future. And we hope you find this podcast helpful.